0: Good morning, Finding Life Church. You want to make your way back to your seat. I'm really excited that you're here this morning. Um, God has been kind of pulling me through a lot of personal things to get to this message and to this moment today. So I expect that it's because He wants to continue pulling me through some some things, and I just have to trust that He wants to teach me and He wants to teach you because you're here and. Now that you haven't left, do you get to listen? <laughs> um, but I, I am trusting that what God is doing with this truth that he has kind of revealed to me this morning, he wants to um, speak into your heart as well. But I want you to know, as I've kind of been explaining that, as I'm teaching this morning, I am so very much still in the process of learning what I'm learning and um, just, I guess, wrestling with God about the things that are going on in my heart. And I have to say, his grace is the same for all of us, and I'm so thankful that while I'm in the middle of it, he has decided to use me and use my journey to hopefully draw all of us closer to him. But um, I just want to surrender that again, so will you pray with me? God, on my own, I don't have anything to offer this morning. Um, everything good, everything truthful, everything truthful, Everything that you want to use this morning um, that comes out of my mouth is from you. Only you can change hearts, and I'm thankful that you can do that however you want to. We worship you because sometimes that means you choose to use broken people to glorify yourself. I surrender the part that I get to play in that this morning and in whatever you're doing in the lives of everyone in this room. Thanks that you are here, that you dwell in our hearts when we invite you to. You never leave us to try and do faith on our own, and you are the one who affects change in our hearts. Amen. So, we're in this series called Heart Rhythms, and Jake opened up last week just by telling us that developing heart rhythms requires intentionality. He said if we're not moving toward God by developing intentional practices in our hearts, and in our lives that we're moving away from God. As I sat down to analyze my own heart rhythms, I realized some of my rhythms are very consistent and very unintentional in the same same rhythm. It's consistently unintentional. I thought, do I even have heart rhythms? Well, yes, even if they're unintentional, I do have them. And if they're unintentional, I'm not growing up. It was something that struck me from his message last week. Have you ever had somebody call out a habit that you didn't know you have? Some babies suck their thumbs. Some people bite their fingernails. My sister-in-law, every time she takes a bite, she kind of waves her fork before she eats. I don't think she knows she does that. I don't know if she's going to listen. That might be embarrassing. Anyway, Um, we visited a church one time where the pastor licked his lips a lot. And he probably didn't know he did that because once you see that, once you notice it, it's like that's all you can see. Um, But we can be taught good or bad habits too, right? Like when we're learning to drive, we're taught to develop good habits that keep us safe. Use your turning signal, look both ways before you cross an intersection, stop at a stop sign. I tend to forget some of those sometimes, but they can become second nature. Um, when I first got a smartphone, I didn't set out to lose 30, 45 minutes, an hour of sleep every night looking at social media or playing games, but because I haven't been intentional about not doing that, it just happened. We develop habits and relationships, too. Maybe you've had a coworker or a boss or a teacher like the kids were talking about who you didn't get along with super well. I found myself before developing unintentional, negative heart rhythms in those situations. You know what I'm getting at? Um, I think of one previous boss. It seemed like every time her name came up on my phone, I just got into this negative attitude. I would get stressed out. I was anticipated something bad. I anticipated that something bad was coming. She could have been calling to let me know that there was extra cake in the break room, but it didn't matter. My attitude was negative about it. I would answer, I'd be like, Hey, Darlene, what's up? Her name's not Darlene. I just figured that was a, a unique enough name that like, you guys didn't know. But in my head, when she called, I was thinking, what did I do wrong? What is it now that I couldn't measure up to her impossible expectations? And I had this attitude that I didn't intend to have, but because I wasn't intentional about stopping myself from getting there, it happened. We are creatures of habit. So it's only natural if we don't decide we're going to develop positive, healthy, God-centered rhythms that we end up unintentionally going through motions that are self-centered and destructive. When I neglect my relationship with God and I fail to prioritize the things that draw me close to him, I'm not at a standstill. I'm losing ground. That's where I found myself as I collected my thoughts to share with you today, but thankfully, um that's okay. Um it is what it is and God meets us there. Jake reminded us several times last week that God sees us where we are. He loves us, he accepts us, and he wants to grow us. No matter where you are or where I am, God meets us. He longs to make us more like Jesus and he wants my heart to be fully captivated by him, and that requires some dedication on my part, some intentionality, right? These thoughts are what led me to the truth today. And it's really a truth that God has been teaching me all year long. And I didn't know that before I started preparing this message. I mean, I was aware that something was going on, but I didn't know this was what he's been working on for like six or seven months already. You know how in life group we pray like really broad prayers together so that we'll worship in unity? I'm looking for nods. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that's, that's kind of where I'm going with today's truth so that you can make this specific to you. But the truth on your worship flyer is when I seek God, I will find him. I'm going to word it a little bit differently for myself, and maybe you need to do that too so that it's something that your heart can grab onto. I said God wants me to be captivated by him. He wants us to seek him. Well, as I thought about seeking God and the heart rhythms I currently have— I had to start there. I need to be paying attention. I need to look to him and learn him. This truth comes from Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God promises he is available to us. He wants to change our hearts and he wants to reveal himself to us, but he isn't going to force it. He allows us to choose him. And when we do, he will always be there. I think Jake shared last Last week, verse 11 from that chapter, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. It's a passage that we're familiar with that we hear a lot in church. But did you know that those verses were right next to each other in scripture? I didn't before I looked it up. Um, But I think it is incredibly significant. God's plans for you are good and hopeful. And he tells us that right after he says he's available to us if we seek hard after him. That's because the two are tied together. When we seek God, our desires change, our perspectives change, and we begin to know that his plan for us is better than our own. His plans can't be influenced by anything that I do, but if I'm not participating, if I'm not seeking him, then I may not experience those good plans for a future and a hope. He says, if you look to me wholeheartedly, and that made me stop too, what in my life do I do wholeheartedly? What do you do wholeheartedly? If I'm being honest, right now, seeking God doesn't show up on that list. Everybody's got their stuff, right? So maybe some of you relate to that. Um, I've been a lot experiencing a lot of big changes in my life lately. Um, and I've been really distracted by those things. Cause, and because of that, I don't feel like I do much of anything wholeheartedly but I'm thankful um, and you can be assured that God's grace is bigger than my distractions than your distractions than whatever is going on in your heart and in your life he is victorious over the schemes of the devil because I'm convinced that that's what is going on there is a battle going on for my heart but God is victorious and he wants to help me move past a dry desert time in my life So as a teaching team, um, when we were planning this series, Jake kind of gave us a list. He did give us a list that's on your worship flyer. How we might even, like, figure out what our heart rhythms are, how we might define those for ourselves. So on your worship flyer, you'll see, number one, where do I long to be? Number two, what am I willing to do to get there? And number three, what intentional things must I do? It's a good way to check in with yourself and check in with God and kind of evaluate your own heart. These questions, as I said, are listed on there. Um, So if you have answers to them, you know, make notes about it today, but I really want to encourage you to spend some time with it on your own. Question number two especially required some, like, soul searching for me. What am I willing to do? Um, When I dove into that, it revealed some selfishness that, doesn't make me feel good, but definitely needs to be surrendered and worked out with God. I can say I'm willing to read scripture, which would be an answer to number three, something that I have to be intentional about. But if I'm not doing it, am I really willing to do it? Am I willing to give the time that it takes to hear from Christ? Okay, but what is a heart rhythm? Rhythm is a recurring action or a function at regular intervals, a measured movement. It's intentional, right? It's music or dance. It's choreographed and calculated. There's discipline and there's restraint. It's purposeful, and the result is beautiful. Think about a professional dancer or your favorite song. Every single note, every movement, every placement of their foot or hand or whatever, every note is crucial including like the, the silence or the um, stillness, all of that is intentional. It's crucial to the final composition, the final outcome. And I think of times when I've been moved to tears, by performances, by just powerful art, music or song or theater or whatever, just overwhelmed by the details of it, because I get overwhelmed by thinking about the hard work that goes into that and the commitment that is shown, and just the, the dedication, to what they're doing. What I'm getting at is um, just that beauty, that awe. A couple years ago, I got to hear um, Hillsong at Red Rocks and they did Oceans. And if you haven't heard that, like, look it up on YouTube because it will change your life. But you, And you'll know, you'll, maybe you can think of a specific song or something that has drawn you to that place of just awe. That is the feeling I want my life to have, my faith, my worship, my attention to Christ. And I believe it can. I long, I long so much to develop intentional rhythms in my life that make my walk with Jesus as exciting as that, as awe-inspiring as something like that. So how do I do it? Let's, let's get there. How do I do that in my life? There's a verse in Proverbs that came to mind um, when I was considering heart rhythms specifically. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The heart rhythms I establish will inspire and influence everything else in my life. In Proverbs 4, starting in verse 20, it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk, Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. And keep your feet from following evil. From this passage, just in my own words, the things I want to commit to are read the Bible and study it so that it takes root in my heart. Find life and healing in scripture. Keep my words and thoughts pure. Be hopeful for what God is preparing in the future. Set boundaries for myself so that I can stay in check. And all of these are examples of how I can seek God. Here's how I answered question number one that's on your flyer. I long to be seeking wholeheartedly, seeking God wholeheartedly, so that my heart will be closer to Jesus, so that I will be filled with his joy and confident in his sovereignty. Number two is where the truth fits in. When I'm willing to seek God, I will, number one, one, Be closer to him, be full of joy in him, and confident in his power, in his all-consuming sovereignty. I've never been one for New Year's resolutions, but this year I decided to do kind of a spin on that, or form of a resolution. So I picked a word for myself for the year, and my word for 2017 has been attend. I know Travis hates that word. Um, So, dude, you pick a different word for you. Um, I am but I'm personalizing the truth um, when I seek God I will find him to say when I attend I will experience God and I'm going to read to you what I wrote at the beginning of the year um, when I committed to attend because I feel like it it maybe gives you a better um, understanding of what my heart is behind this I am realizing the effects of trying to be superhuman that was my husband's word not mine and those effects are not good. I don't focus enough on the moment I'm in to appreciate it or the people I'm with. I am constantly disappointed in myself because I didn't cross every last item off my ever-growing to-do list. But I believe God has something different for me and I don't want to miss it. Attend assumes responsibility. I'm here and I'm supposed to be here. My name is on the roster. I have a role to play and my presence is necessary. There's something I'm supposed to learn from this here and now. Attend requires that I slow down, soak it up. Monotask. Take a deep breath or two and go easy on myself. Attend shows value to the person that I'm across the table from. You are worth my full attention and my phone and whatever is on it is not as important as you are. Just last week, week, a friend of mine checked in with me um, to see how I've been doing with attendance. She knew that this was something I had committed to. I made little notes. I've got them around my house, in my car, in my cubicle at work. So she was very aware that this was something that I was trying to um, commit to and, and make changes toward in my life. She's like, hey, how do you feel it's been going since we're halfway through the year? I was like, what? We're what, halfway? No, how is that possible? And I thought, I gosh, I really wish that I was better already at this, that I would be farther along than I am now. Um, and I've noticed little ways that maybe I'm more attentive or more present or that I attend more, but it really takes hard work and I have not committed myself to the change um, like I know I need to in order to see some different results, but really, as I was thinking about that, I realized what it comes down to is that I haven't completely surrendered the bad habits that I have, so that I can experience the freedom of attending. I mean, doesn't it sound freeing? Monotasking. When was the last time you did a single thing without trying to do so many other things? Because um, that's the definition of monotasking, right? Or, or when was the last time you put your phone away for the evening, or for a whole day? I, don't, I couldn't even tell you. John 10:10 10, 10 says, "The thief's purpose is to steal, kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I think we have become really blind. It's not always easy to see when we're being robbed or when we're losing life." But that's how I feel when I survey the, the effects of my own current heart rhythms, the effects that they're having on my life, that, as I mentioned, I'm sure it's a spiritual battle that Satan is trying to, or is, is robbing me of life and of contentment in Christ. I would so much rather my life be rich and satisfying. I asked Jake to read over my sermon notes, and he said the phrase that kept coming to him was, pay attention. Am I willing to pay attention closely enough so that I can experience closeness with Jesus? so that I can know joy in him and confidence in his power. So number three is, um, what am I willing to do to get there? These are the changes that I have to commit to. What must I do? How do I pay attention and attend? I must implement those practices from Proverbs 4 that I read a little bit ago. Let's break those down a bit more. So I read verse 20 through 22. It said, Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The first thing I must do is listen to God. Part of that is reading my Bible. I must study it, and one way that I let it penetrate my heart is to journal, is to write about what I'm learning. I'm not really a dedicated reader of anything, so I have to find ways to make reading the Bible more exciting or easier even for myself. And I use a couple different apps on my phone to help me do that but um, for me it's important also to write down what I'm reading. To even just write out the scripture and then write a response or um, look up other scripture that that relates to it or whatever. Um, But this gives me, when I'm writing it down, it gives me more accountability for it and it helps me apply it to my heart. Life-giving truth is what transforms us then. So when when any of us teaches on Sunday morning, usually we try to have a truth statement, um, something that we're focused, the whole message is focused on that truth, um, something that you can take away and apply throughout your week, but you can also write truth statements for yourself. As you're reading scripture and discovering the context of a verse um, and the heart of God in it, pray about it. Talk to people about it. Um... Talk about what you're learning with the people in your life group and what truth jumps out at you from that. To actively listen to God, we have to do more than just read it, right? We have to come to a place of understanding. Not that long ago, we had a series on being a disciple. A disciple of Jesus listens to him in three, well, probably more, but we focused on three different ways, reading the Bible, hearing from other people, and prayer. And life group is a great place for that to start because if you are talking in your life group about the truth from the week or the truth that you are, are learning about in your own study, then you're doing that. You are, are listening to God um, through what your friends are are also learning from him. When we discuss the truths and we speak life into each other, we're listening and God will use that. He will use it to deepen our understanding of him. God has been so faithful to To put great friends in my life who challenge me in this area. Um, You have to be willing, though, right? You have to get vulnerable and you have to ask the hard questions or be willing to have those hard conversations to hear um, truth. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, a big, deep conversation, but just to be willing to open up and share that with one another. We can also listen to God through prayer. And maybe if this is new to you, it sounds kind of backwards because isn't prayer talking to God? Well, yeah, but it's also just being with Him, listening and paying attention to the different like places that your mind go when you're praying, the different things that your heart that are on your heart that you pray about. Whenever we spend time with God, I I think He wants to show us more of Himself. So prayer doesn't have to be filled up with noise either, though, right? It doesn't have to be me saying words to God the whole time, but just being quiet and being purposeful about that time spent with Christ can open up opportunities for us to listen. And this this practice definitely takes time, right? The best time for me to study used to be first thing in the morning, but wouldn't you know my 10-month-old son is a morning person, and he doesn't like it when I leave him for even five seconds in the crib after he's opened his eyes in the morning. So I have to be intentional. I have to pay attention and find other times and different ways throughout my, my routine and my day to attend and to be with Christ and to practice studying and listening to him. The next thing I must do comes from verse 24. Avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. Most of the time before words come out of my mouth, they form as thoughts in my head, most of the time. And I have to be really intentional about this. Because I have a tendency lately to be negative and bitter. I think this has been a result of the distractedness completely. Um, and I don't like it. I'm not even talking about like cuss words or you know, any anything like that. I don't think it means don't cuss. I think This is referring to the heart behind my words, which is why I said that sometimes my words form in thoughts first. Um, Anyway, if I'm, like one example, if I'm upset with Alex and he says, I love you, Mallory, and I go, love you too. Like my heart doesn't match the words, you know what I mean? Um, So even though the words are nice, it's really obvious. That's That's not what my heart is feeling in that moment. I'm not being sincere. So Ephesians 4.29 speaks to this also. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. My words have the potential to impact those around me. Everybody knows that, right? Good or bad. I think it's something that we could each share an example of both of those. That, that your words had a good impact or your words had a bad impact. Um, I don't need to get into that because you're all very familiar with that, but what I need to be reminded of is that my words have an impact on me too, starting with my thoughts. You've heard garbage in, garbage out, so this may be the cheesiest thing I say this morning, but I want to make a practice of gospel in, gospel out. The more I read scripture and I learn the truth, the more my thoughts are shaped by it. I have to surrender my selfishness and my anger and my hurt, my bitterness, in order to let them be replaced by gospel thoughts in my head and as a result then in my words. Yes, a lot of it has to do with the way that I point people to Jesus with my words, but I have to start by pointing myself to Jesus, right? The heart rhythms that I practice have a lot more to do with me first than they do with other people. Because when I'm seeking Christ for me, he will take the place of any thoughts that would come out as corrupt speech. When I'm attending, God can use my words to build other people up then. And finally, verse 25 through 27 says... Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I have to give myself grace on this journey. You have to give yourself grace also. These verses are goals, not like eligibility eligibility requirements for heaven. As I'm developing a heart rhythm of paying attention, as I've said, I get distracted. God knew it would happen, and he knows it's going to happen again, but what he wants is for me to keep seeking, to keep coming back, and to keep making a plan for myself to stay on the path. When I'm not looking straight ahead at Jesus, sometimes I'm looking inward, and I'm beating myself up about my past or my mistakes or whatever it was, ways that I feel like I didn't measure up. And I can learn from that, yes, but my heart needs to be reminded of the promises of God more. My heart needs more of Jesus and less thoughts of me. In Hebrews 12, we get a greater sense for why. Verse one and two said, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That's what we're doing when we look straight ahead. Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The point of Heart Rhythms is that, isn't it? So that we grow, so that our faith is perfected in him. I've talked a lot about like action items and to-do lists, a lot of behaviors, but what God really cares about is our hearts. His end goal is that we would have perfect faith in him which only he can do, and that's not like a measurable behavior or a place of arrival. It's a heart posture of seeking. So I seek. I pay attention. I attend to invite God to change me. Are you getting the sense that this is important? Maybe it's easier to see in other relationships, like marriage. If I'm not participating, then the connection with my husband suffers. When I'm out somewhere with 10-month-old Benjamin and I'm not giving him my full attention, things could go south really quickly. Whether he's into something or, God forbid, like someone takes him, you know, you have to be fully fully there, fully present, fully aware of everything that's going on. And my attendance with God is even more important than that because, as I said before, the heart rhythms that I establish influence every other thing in my life. So we've talked about how, the things that I want to do to attend, and you can make that your own, but how do I even know if I'm doing it? How do I know if I'm attending? How do I know where my heart is? How do you monitor your heart? How do you know if you're changing and if God is perfecting your faith? This is like the harder, hard part, right? It's considering what our actions and our behaviors really mean. What does it reveal about my heart, the rhythms that I have intentionally or unintentionally been living? What does it reveal about my heart when I go to bed mad and I lay there obviously awake, you know, like moving the pillow a little bit or turning over again or sniffling a little bit? We were talking about this as I was writing my sermon. Alex is like, I know exactly. I mean, it's so obvious when you are still awake trying to get him to initiate a conversation. I'm not passive, (laughs) right? Um, But I'm laying there and just seething, waiting for Alex to say anything, like with some semblance of an apology so I can be like, I'm not ready to forgive you. I'm still mad. (laughs) I mean, you're laughing, and it's kind of funny right now. I wish this was make-believe, but this was my Wednesday night. (laughs) Um, And honestly, if I analyze those behaviors and the attitude of my heart, it shows that I'm looking to Alex for something that he can't give me and that he will never be able to give me and that he shouldn't give me. Of course, there's more to the story, but basically... My behavior shows that I, I think that Alex can fill the role that God is supposed to, to have in my heart. <clears throat> it, it shows that I think I can be filled by anything or anyone other than God. I'm not attending or seeking or paying attention to God, especially in that moment. But you don't just get there because you skipped one quiet time. It's a heart rhythm. It's that constant you know. Okay, I'm going to take a detour. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Before that, verse 2 said, If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. God gives us a pretty enticing promise if we will do what he says. Enjoy. I certainly wasn't enjoying myself as I was laying in bed mad, waiting to argue about doing the dishes. But you know what? This verse doesn't say that God's going to take away those situations that might lead up to an argument in my house. He might not even change things on the outside at all, but what he will do is deepen my love for himself and draw my attention away from myself and my selfish desires and change the way that I view my marriage so that I'm not looking to Alex or to anybody else to fulfill the role that only God can fill. That's what I have to look forward to, enjoying. When I seek God, I will find God, and you will too. If I'm looking to someone else or something else, I will always be let down, but God will never do that to me. God longs to change my heart, to perfect my faith, and make me more like Jesus, and give me perfect joy, and assure me that he's in control of all things and always in all ways. In Deuteronomy 5, Moses says, presents the Ten Commandments to the Israelites and he tells them, listen carefully, hear so that you may learn and obey. Chapter 624 said God commanded us to obey, to fear him, so he can continue to bless you and preserve your life. The only way we experience this heart change is if we evaluate our current heart rhythms, monitor them frequently, pay attention, and invite God to change us by taking intentional steps toward him ourselves think about Peter when he walked on the water it's in Matthew 14 it says Peter called to the Lord Lord if it's really you tell me to come to you walking on the water Jesus said yeah come so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus but when he saw the strong winds and waves he was terrified and began to sink save me Lord he shouted Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him you have so little faith Jesus said why did you doubt me? When we stray from this, when we're unintentional about where our focus is, without even being aware of it, we become people that we never wanted to be. We worship things that don't deserve it. We lose ground in our faith, and every part, every area of our lives suffer because of it. We think, even though Jesus is right in front of us, available to us, calling to us, and totally worthy of our trust. Where is your heart today? What are the rhythms, intentional or not, that are influencing your thoughts, your behaviors, your relationships? Please don't be ashamed of it. I shared a little bit of my struggle so that you know we're in the same boat. But together, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's surrender the rhythms that aren't serving us well, that are actually destroying us, and let's attend, if you'll let me use that word. Anytime we make a choice like this that aligns our heart with Jesus, with God, we can be completely confident in the fact that he wants the very same thing for you. He will be found by us when we seek him. Let's pray. God, I can only worship when I think about this. How incredible that you offer yourself to us freely, for no performance or no boxes that we have to check. You want us right where we are. You promise to make us more like Jesus. I'm always in awe that you you don't require anything else from us but a heart of surrender. When we commit to seeking you, you go, yes, let's do this. And then you are the one who changes our heart. Thank you so much for that, God. Thank you for every person here. I believe and I trust that you are doing work in their heart to draw you closer to them. God, give us courage. Give us commitment. Give us assurance in the fact that you will show up. You are here. You do dwell in our hearts. And you do want to see growth in us. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for the future that you promise us, no matter what our past looks like. God, we are hopeful for that. Please change our hearts, God, to to want you more. Thanks that you will meet us there. We love you, Lord love you because you first loved us so help us to respond be the inspiration for that change in our hearts and in our actions and and in our heart rhythms amen
1: i've been aware over the last couple of weeks that there is no moment to moment in my faith right now that i have very boxed faith right now in my life, and I have my Sunday mornings, and I have my life group, and um, I have my Bible reading time in the morning, and that's pretty much it. And And I've been wanting God to change it for me, just to do it, and let me see him in my every day without me having to do any work. Um, and yesterday, my baby was sleeping, and so I was frantically scurrying around my house trying to get done the things that I needed to Felt that I needed to do that day, um, and I was in the middle of emptying my dishwasher, and I had the thought, "Oh, I should text my life group and ask them to pray for me that I would see God in my day today." And God stopped me in my tracks, and He was like, "I'm right here. Come be with me right now. You can keep doing the dishes." And I, like, I literally had the, the top rack open, and you know, just kind of stopped because I realized I could be praying right then. I could be experiencing God's presence in that moment. And it wasn't a, a new thought. It wasn't new information, but he just stopped me and he said, don't just ask other people to pray for you. Just come and be with me right now. Continue with me throughout your day. And, and I can't do the change that I need in my heart to, to experience those moments every day, but, um, but I can come and be with him when he makes me aware of him, and I can put rhythms into my life so that it reminds me to be aware of him, that, you know, when I see my baby smile, it reminds me to praise God, or or that when I'm, you know, changing a diaper for the five millionth time, that that, that reminds me with the triggers in my life, that I can come closer to him, that I can come into his presence, that it's not just the boxes that I have in my life, that god resides in but that i reside in his presence at all times and that's what this song is calling us to that we would come back to where we belong home in his presence that we would pour out our worship and love and be surrendered and overcome as we sink into his love so would you stand with us today and have this be our prayer